We were there at the dawn of the third age of mankind in the Earth year 2257, deep in neutral space. We were there when the last of the Babylon stations was founded. The name of the pod is Babylon 5. Episode 18, Legacies, in which the funeral tour for a Mimbari war hero arrives at the station, reopening old wounds, and a quote-unquote young telepath explores options for her future. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Name of the Pod, your favorite, we hope, Babylon 5 podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Tatro. With me, as always, is my co-host, John Cassie. Chris, good evening. How's it going? I am great. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I think we've got a... Uh, well, I was going to say, we think we've got a good episode, and then I looked at my notes, and um, we've got legacies. So yeah. I'm not sure that that is, counts as a good episode, um, but we will, we'll see where we get with it. You know, we've, we've, we've mentioned before that often when, when the episodes are weaker, we have better conversations coming out of it. And uh, that, I think this episode, our, our podcast is just going to be stellar. We're going to be winning awards hand over fist based on how poor this, uh, this episode of the program was. Yeah, I you know this is one of those episodes where I think that you felt something about it more strongly than 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 me. Uh, I talked last time that we're sort of in the in that period where it's clear we're starting to move towards the season finale, mm-hmm. and so we're getting these kind of okay, the story's kind of coming together, and there's not a lot. I mean, there's stuff that happens. We learn a lot about the Mimbari in this, and that's that's to the good. But there's not so much that we learn that's sort of shocking or that that opens up a new line of 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 having right. to think about the Mimbari or you know the the the, the Earth Mimbari War. It's sort of yeah. confirming some things that we kind of knew. And yeah, I don't think we actually learn all that much more about the Mimbari other than. You know, maybe some more about the tensions between the religious and the warrior caste, but you know, I I got the sense that we 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 kind of knew that already, or we we've gotten some implications of that already. Um, I don't know. That, this certainly shows us that those divisions run a lot deeper. Um, but right, it, there was nothing. It didn't really tell me anything about the warrior caste or about the religious caste that I didn't already know. I, I think that's I think that's fair. I think it's more confirming or giving us some some shading, mm-hmm. maybe. Understanding cast to cast relationships. The the fact that membership in the religious takes precedence over being warrior speaks yeah. to some of the things that we've that we've said all along about the Mimbari kind of seeming commitment to sort of esoteric knowledge mm-hmm. and their their positioning of themselves as a culture of spiritual depth, moral integrity, mm-hmm. etc. But if they're positioning themselves as as that kind of culture, if that has such prominence, it, you know, then 
I would think that that there wouldn't be such a wall between the religious and the warrior castes. There's you know that 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 some of that uh, some of that spirituality, some of that that sense of of that sense of the greater would would, have, would just be baked into every member of the society, you know, whether they whether they be in in cast A or or, or cast B. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think what we're seeing, therefore, is the fact that the that the Mimbari culture that Delenn represents, mm-hmm. or that 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 she enacts. Mm-hmm. Is really just her own perspective, mm-hmm. and and the way in which she uses her power in this episode mm. against her own, you know, one of her own, strongly suggests that even if there were some conflict between warrior and and religious, that that we don't quite have full control over full knowledge of Delenn's perspective is my perspective is the superior perspective and you will do as you are told. And, and well, and, and, and certainly that's how it works because Narun, the, the, the head of the, the warrior group that shows up there, you know, right. Is is quick to step in place. I mean, he doesn't like it, but he does when she right. when she says, you know, I speak for the Grey Council, and you know, step back and and you'll do what I say. Right. Uh, so it's it's definitely it, it is the the way that the, that the society works, but I don't see any of that. I it just it's just strange to me that 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 there wasn't more. Of the spiritualism in the warriors. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, no. I, 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 t- I take your point. I take your point. You, but, you, but you, may, you I mean, that's, that's just maybe it's just that they were written to be extremes. Yeah. Or they haven't quite thought through that at that level of depth yet. Yeah, I mean, this is another episode written by DC Fontana, who you know by oh, yeah. 1994 has been around the block. For yeah, a while. right. And I, right. I, I, I expect better from her um, than than this. To be honest, yeah. you know, this is the second time I've I've been excited by seeing a, a writer's name on an episode. This one in David Gerald, and uh, you know, come into it and gone, mm, okay, well, so maybe they're not putting forward their best efforts, or or maybe there's too much meddling. Uh, coming from the top of the food chain. Uh, the yeah, show, or ma- ma- maybe they're trying to establish some things that that they want. You know that the the JMS and and the rest of the team want to hold on to. Yeah. Right. Or you know, not everyone's good all the time. Uh, yeah. Present company accepted, of course. Well, we're always stellar. Yeah, we're Absolutely. always uh, we're always top of our game. Yeah. Um, y- you know. We've we've gone back and forth about how Commander Sinclair is only commander of Babylon Five because he has Mimbari political support. Mm-hmm. He's got Bopkis back home. He's got nothing <laughs> on Earth, and he's got even less now after Eyes. After he did yeah. in this Benzane guy, yeah. uh, you know that the people who were on his side, who were powerful Bester and company, mm-hmm. you know the fact that they've been 
they've been thwarted again is not going to be it's not going to do him any 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 help. He's got he's got two pennies to rub together in terms of his influence. His influence is all on that Mimbari side. And I thought his reaction when that Mimbari battlecruiser came through with its gun ports mm-hmm. open. Yeah. Okay, that was a nice piece of work I thought. You know, look, that war was not that long ago. And these people on that bridge remember what it felt like to be on the receiving end of a Mimbari battlecruiser with its gun ports wide open. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the same kind of uh, tone feeling. You know, for me, everything goes back to Star Trek VI when, mm-hmm. uh, when Gorkon's ship comes up alongside mm-hmm. and they're like... Oh, never. They've never been. There's never been one this close. I don't even know what. We don't even sure yeah. what to do now, right? Yeah. Uh, I had the yeah. same kind of feeling, and you know the fact that that Sinclair had to, he had to really work to maintain his uh, his professional dignity mm-hmm. while these warrior Mimbari warriors are doing their thing, and you know. It, you know, this new rune guy is sort of like General Chang. You know, he's a mm-hmm. he's a he's a Mimbari and proud of it. And he's not at yep. all. Oh, you want to restart the war? Yeah. In Fine space, all go. warriors are cold warriors. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm perfectly happy to throw down. Uh, See, and I thought Sinclair that was nice. is cool, which we have. I, you know, I, I think this is the first time we've seen him. When Narun really, you know, when they first gets onto the sh- onto the station and they are. They're arguing. I haven't seen Sinclair get angry and heated and almost, really almost lose it. Correct. Uh, um, so as you say, this war wasn't that long ago. And, and you know, Sinclair has, has other issues with the Mimbari to, to, to deal with, you know, that he's not really talking to anybody except Garibaldi about here. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 was, it was definitely interesting to see how heated he got um and then yeah. you know, by the end you know we've got the you know perhaps at another time i would have called you friend kind of uh, uh you know reconciliation uh, right that 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 again we've talked about things that didn't feel earned yeah <laughs> yeah for <laughs> sure this, that that certainly didn't for sure uh, but uh you can you can imagine for a moment, the Mimbari on Earth. Mm-hmm. What caste are they from? There's only two. Do we know there's only two? Do we? We've only seen mm-hmm. two. We've only seen Maybe two. there are castless ones, mm-hmm. or maybe there's a third caste. Yeah. Right? Who knows? But I don't who, know. But who are they? Right? That I, would be interesting I, to know. I would definitely think the ones on Earth would be of this of this religious caste. It'd be very hard to imagine it otherwise, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think the from what we've seen here, I don't think the warrior caste would uh, would get a lot of work done. Yeah, but you could imagine warrior caste members on Earth who are there, you know, seemingly with the you know kind of full faith and credit of the Earth Alliance. They could that be might there stick in, in some people's craw. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've and we've we've seen the the violence increasing, and we we heard, uh, you know, in in uh, I think it was in Eyes last week uh, that 
there's there's more and more unrest going terrorism. on terrorism yeah we've got more things going on back back on earth and I'm, I'm very eager to have the story turn in that direction a little bit more and get see more what's going on back you know back there right but but yeah I, I would I would imagine that any kind of delegation would honestly would probably probably be mixed and you'd have the you'd have these religious caste members doing the diplomacy you might have you know a, a guard force around them and from what we see here it wouldn't take very much to to turn that dry you know tinder into a wildfire yeah yeah it would take virtually nothing yeah given that you know Sinclair and company are sort of trained officers mm-hmm. and you know they have they have a you know an understanding of diplomatic protocols and even they are like Ugh, you know and if these if the rest of the warriors felt the same as Narun did and didn't want to end the didn't want to surrender and were, mm-hmm. were ordered to, to to come to heal mm-hmm. i mean oh, any kind of warrior culture that's going to stick in the craw yeah for sure and you know as we see they're they're eager to get get going again but definitely definitely speaking of warrior cultures though yes some some we get some great natoth time here I know. How nice to get Natoth back. I was very happy to see that. And and very interestingly, you know, whereas we've seen a couple of times in this season when somebody has something that they that they want or something that they need, we get the, the tour of the ambassadors where they go around <laughs> and they talk to Londo and they talk to Jakar right, and they talk right. to Delenn. And this time it's it's just it's just Natoth and Delenn, you know, and, and right. we don't get the other things and, and, and there's there's no there's there's no centauri at all here. Yeah, um, which I I didn't really understand. I I think it was I think it was a convenient a convenience of writing because uh-huh. we've got this we've got this character Alyssa who's this orphan who's stealing and she's she's shown that she's very interested in money and you know what you know what how much am I going to get paid for doing this and that and the other thing. I think if if She'd sat down with Londo, and Londo had made her an offer. You know, story's uh, done. Sure. She's, go- she, she's going to Centauri Prime. Yeah. You know, she's she's getting her head shaved tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. We we, yeah. we can't have we can't have her talk to Londo. No, because that's where she will go. That's the because that, right. Then we're because done. then we're done. Yeah. 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 Our B plot is done in about five minutes. Yeah. Right. So, right. Which I, it I wish been, that it, okay. I wish that it had been because. My word, uh, okay. I I have trouble with with child actors in a lot of things. Yes, I have more trouble when a role has been written for a child and someone who appears to be an adult is is performing that role with the delivery of a child. Big time. That was. I was. What is going on with this? It sounds like. You know, right. this sounds like, you know, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone level, you know, level delivery here. And, uh, uh, yeah, boy, when that, 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 so, that, that dropped the episode like, like three or four levels for me. Anytime, right. anytime this Alyssa character showed up on the screen. Now, see, I, okay, I completely agree with your point about the, uh, the, the mismatch, the age actor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I find that very weird. distracting. Yeah, it's just weird. 
and and th- this is this is among the more egregious examples because it, <laughs> I thought for a moment when at the very beginning when she was stricken mm-hmm. and she's on the she's on the floor yeah I was like good grief what is the captain's woman doing back oh dear <laughs> yeah. right and mm-hmm. so and it was very clear that I was wrong about that um, but fourteen no. No, no. I tried looking no. up on IMDb to see, and there's there's no information on this actor, on this actress, uh, Grace Una, um, when she was born or anything of the mm-hmm. sort. But uh, yeah, it was that that was totally unbelievable. But I like the fact that look, she's 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 a kind of a down and out, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we get more of that kind of Babylon Five as uh, you know, Grapes of Wrath. Yep. Right and. Yep. The fact that she has a talent mm-hmm. and she can, quote unquote, get out mm-hmm. of, you know, a, a life of uh, petty thievery for which she will never, ever be able to escape. Right. OK. All right. I, I can accept that as a, as a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we kind of we. we we kind of didn't really have time given that we have two human perspectives vying against each other. Plus of plus a Narn plus a Mimbari. Right. Right. It might've been interesting to see her go to Kosh. Yeah. Kosh would have just said grapefruit or something like that. And, and <laughs> it would have made no sense. And, and she would have wandered away going, Oh, okay. It's weird. It's scary this is, and stuff. This is not the time of the scampering. No. Right, or some other kind of Vorlon yeah. foolishness. Um, yeah. We should have called this podcast The Time of the Scampering. Is it too late to go back and rename it? Perhaps next next season we'll call it The Time of the Scampering is Babylon 5. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It will, too good yeah, to let we'll, go. We'll sort it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, you're right. You're right. I, I, I like the the lens that, that we got for this character to give us some more insight into the core and to give us, you know, particularly, you know, some, some good, uh, Ivanova scenes and, and especially some, some Ivanova and Talia, uh, interaction. Yeah. I think that, that Ivanova played a very weak hand as strongly as she could play it. Mm-hmm. And I had the sense, but I may be reading into this, that Talia knew she had a very strong hand and didn't play it as strongly as she might have done. Yeah, Not wanting I mean, to the, humiliate Ivanova. The, 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 the law, the, the rules are get her, get her to Psycor. Get her in there uh, now. For, or, for sure. Or you know, shoot her up with you know these these horrible drug balls, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, Ivana, what's Ivanova's offer? Oh, don't trust them. Okay, then what? Then I'm on the run. You know, where am I going to go? You know, she's back to to not really having any kind of you know, any kind of future. Yeah, right. Uh, it's hard to imagine any character taking what Ivanova has to offer. Yeah. But Ivanova has to make it uh, and sort of do her best at, at trying to defend that position, even though 
She doesn't have much to to go on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this in the pre-show that I was not. I'm not sure that I would have gone. I'm not sure I would have written it with the Narn mental landscape reading as so alien as to be, you know, like personally violating and the Mimbari not Mm. being alien in some other way, right? I appreciate that the Mimbari value Mm -hmm. telepaths and that, and that, you know, that they basically let them kind of live, you know, as, as, you know, kind of glorious heroes of the, you know, of the, of the empire and Mm -hmm. that the Narn don't have any. And so their mental headspace for that might be really problematic and yeah, but the, the, I, I, that struck me as like, I think that that that, that humans are so violent mm-hmm. that but, yeah, go but maybe maybe as you said as you just said maybe there's something in the way that Narn minds are structured that you know we know that they don't have any natural occurring telepaths. Mm-hmm. Maybe that that makes the the mental environment more hostile. To a telepath coming in, mm-hmm. um, maybe you know I, I I don't know if we've seen any. If we go back to the gathering, I'm I'm wondering, <clears throat> did Jakar get any kind of like pro- nothing? No deep. No, certainly I don't think there's been any kind of deep mental probing of any of any Narn to date that we've seen. But maybe there's just something like their, their brains put together in like a non-Euclidean way that you know a telepath, especially one without training, goes in there and is like, "Oh my God, this is just a, this is this is a nightmare. Everything's wrong here." Yeah, yeah, it's got to um, be that, right? Or are, are they are they reptilian? Well, they're certainly they're certainly advertised as such, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they so, don't appear to be cold-blooded. Yeah, but I, I just wondered if maybe it's a reptilian versus mammalian. Uh, yeah. distinction or something like that. And, you know, Mimbari, okay, yeah, they're space elves, so that's, you know, it's everything's everything's light and froofy, but it's, you know... What? Nothing. I'm I, just thinking about the Mimbari as space elves, right? And yeah. and they're, they're just so weirdly esoteric that I would have thought that a person with her background yeah. would have gone in there and been... Oh, but, but then, well, you know, she, we... we Go. She was unsettled. She was definitely unsettled by by it, but I don't think she was as unsettled. Um, and maybe, and again, this is me not remembering. And I know people have said on Facebook, you know, you guys, you know, this, they're going to explain this. You know, yeah. But I don't remember. Maybe it's something to do with the Mimbari soul issue. Almost certainly, that allows, right? That allows humans to have this telepathic ability. So maybe. That's why it's not as strange is that it, she's she's got that resonance going already at some deep right subconscious level. Right. I think it's got to be that, doesn't it? I, it has to be. And and then you add the chrysalis reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what else could it be? Right. Yeah. It, 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 you you must be you must be on the money. I think I think that's I think that's what they're. You know whether it was whether it was consciously written in or not, or whether we're just better at explaining things than they are. Then you know we'll, we'll take it one way or the other. Well, I mean we're we're doing the interpretive work. We're not actually trying yeah. to write the write the story. And you know you and I know yeah. 
that from a story writing perspective, you know, you can put really good effort into trying to tell something that makes a lot of sense only to find at the end that <laughs> didn't really hold together. Yeah, it made sense at some point, but we kind of lost the thread. It made sense when I wrote it in what appears to have been a fugue state. Yeah, some sort of fever dream right. you know, <laughs> type, type you know, that, that I, I can't believe I thought this made sense right. at some point or other. Right, yeah. right. Um, I'm thinking that we need the wheel. We might, but before the wheel... Uh, yes. You know I have to IMDB this one. Uh, yes. Yes. I, 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 again, I do not know where you're going. All right, um, well, we're going to... We're going to go with Naroon, uh, John Vickery. Okay, John Vickery. Uh, okay. Yes. He's, uh, he is a veteran of, mul- of of the multiple Star Trek shows, of course. We keep okay. seeing this coming up. People will play. He was, uh, he was a Klingon in Enterprise. He played, uh, he played a Cardassian in Deep Space Nine. Um, huh. He was in the uh, Next Generation episode, Night Terrors. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, he was the guy who was like unconscious and stuff you know um, yeah yeah that was I, I vaguely remember that one and just remember it being terrible uh yeah, yeah. we've done some heavy lifting on b5 but not that yeah. heavy yeah no it hasn't been that bad that episode um, was brutal but his most noted uh entry on imdb and this will this one's just for you special gift <laughs> um he was the voice of ken in the English uh, dubbed Fist of the North Star. Fist of the North Star? Exactly. Do you smell that, Ken? That's the smell the of death. The smell of death. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he was he was Ken. I thought you'd That's I thought you'd amazing. appreciate that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fist yeah. of the North Star. Oh, pornographically violent. Yeah. I mean I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I've seen parts, but I don't think I've seen Lord. the whole thing. Hmm. I, I mean uh, violent beyond description. Yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this is a, uh, you know, if you're listening, Neil Robinson, you should be. <laughs> I told you to listen to the podcast. You know, he's um, not listening. If you're, no, he's not listening. Uh, okay. But if you are, you're, you're responsible for Fist of the North Star. Uh, you're kind of opening up my, my, my anime knowledge at a, mm-hmm. You know, at a certain time, but uh, you know, gentle listeners, if you're if you're trying to fill in your kind of golden age of of anime, and you don't have Fist of the North Star in your back pocket, get the hence mm-hmm. and get watching. It's it's good, but <laughs> ludicrously violent. Yeah, right. I'll have to I'll have to drag that out one of these days and actually check it out. You know, you've, you've been making that you know that's the smell of death reference since I met you. Yeah, right. You know, right. These these decades ago. Um, right. I, I think at some point I need to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, it's it is it a is it a top five that you should watch? Mm, probably not, but maybe a top fifteen of of anime of, or of, of of anime of its time. Okay. Sort of like, sort of like eighties anime. Yeah. I, right. And I was never, I was never into the, an, I mean, Ranma was about as far into the anime scene as I ever went. Huh. You know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, 
I never was, I never really even loved Akira that much. You know, it's almost blasphemy to say, but uh, yeah, we, um, we, we, we have very similar kind of genre pathways that we've walked down and clearly I'm the one much further along in the, the anime mm-hmm. pathway. And yeah, I, the technology just, tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, nice IMDb find right there. Yeah. Yeah. Thought you'd like that one. Yeah, for sure. See, I, I eventually, you know, I, I, I dip in every time. Sometimes I pull out gold. Yes. All right. Let's see what the Spin wheel the has wheel. in store. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> okay. This, <laughs> I mean, it was only a matter of time before this came up. Go. You landed on, say something nice about Stephen Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fabulous jawline. Look he at does. him. He does. He's got a great jawline. I, he's got great eyes, too. Those sort of like pale... Yes. You know, pale gray eyes. Um, I can't comment on his fashion sense because all we've really seen other than his doctor smock is that like vest outfit. Right. That vest is, that I denounced. You did. You denounced the vest. Yes. Although that was, I still think you had it. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, he's, he's a man he's, of principle. Yes, I was going to say he's he's definitely uh, you know stands by his convictions. Yes, as 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 unfounded as they may be. Yes, um, as these things go, I think the body count in Doctor McCoy, mm. Doctor Crusher, Doctor Bashir, and uh, please state the nature of the medical emergency. Uh, the the um, that the body counts in those sick bays are much higher than in his. Yeah, he hasn't lost too many. I mean, he didn't lose the kid. No, he didn't lose he that believers. kid. No, I mean it's no. his fault that the parents put him to death, but that's a separate yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah, you can't really blame him for that one. As much as I try. Uh, yeah, my my understanding is that the character Stephen Franklin in some uh, some seasons from now we'll have a fabulous goatee as well. Oh, okay. Well, that, that and can't hurt. And that 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 generally, yeah. I think that generally works to uh, yeah. to to Im- to improve a uh, mm-hmm. most yeah. men's faces. I think are improved by a, a fabulous goatee. And uh, I think that will, someone who sports one. Correct. And mm, I think uh, yes. Mm, yes. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we will see in the fullness of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that Franklin is written to be a jerk. You know, that, you know, it, it's it one of the first interactions that we that we had with him. You know, was he was uh, I can't even remember which episode it was. He was in uh, Cargo Bay. It must have been mm-hmm. in um, an infection. Um, he, and he was like mouthing off to somebody and being a real jerk face about it. Yeah. Right. So, so I think it's definitely, it's deliberate and I don't know if they were going for the, the gruffness, just going for like a, a likable gruffness, like a McCoy level, or if they were just like, okay, we're going to write this guy. He's just going to be a jerk. Nobody's going to like him. And over five seasons of time, he's going to become sort of 
a, a better accepted and better liked character and maybe soften his edges a little bit. Yeah. But the fact that no one seems to react to, or no one's like, you can get a load of this guy, you know? I, yeah, right. I would think we'd see that, but I don't know. Yeah. Where's the heck out of a surgical face mask? No kidding. Still, still yeah, trying I mean, to think he, of positive things. In, in, in keeping with, with Richard Biggs's, um, you know, background as a, as a soap opera actor, mm-hmm. You know, he, he he always looks the part, mm-hmm. right? You know, he yeah. he can he can he can wear the uniform. You know, he can wear the doctor's scrubs. You know, it, I think that soap opera actors have a certain kind of wireframe, <laughs> like they're yeah, you know, they're, like they have a certain they're made number for scrubs. Of, that's right. You know, they're they're sort <laughs> yeah. of made for a certain kind of look, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and he looks the part. Yeah, yeah. which you know. Not everyone, uh, you know, not everyone does. So, yeah. And we, we do have to acknowledge, I think we've said before, and I can't remember if I was talking with you or talking with someone else about this, but, you know, that, that in acknowledging, um, you know, Richard, uh, Richard Biggs, Biggs, Briggs, Biggs, um, Biggs. Thank you. Acknowledging Richard Biggs, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm doing this for editing purposes. Don't laugh. <laughs> Fine, whatever. I'll leave it all in. Uh, Richard Biggs' uh, hearing loss and and that, you know, a lot of his blocking, which looks stiff and awkward, is really so that he can be lip-reading uh, uh. You know, the, 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 the people that he's in the scene with. Some Someone mentioned that to me recently. I, can't, I thought it might have been you or maybe it was someone else who was talking about, uh, we're talking with the, with the show, with about the show. Um, that really it's, it's, it's marked in the first season that, that like someone will walk in and like turn to, they'll deli- turn to deliberately face each other. And it's like, wow, that looks really, looks really unnatural. The marking is all yeah. off on this. Um, but then it gets better as the seasons progress. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's working with, uh, he's working with some, some, you know, some difficulties to overcome and, mm-hmm. you know, we have to factor that into the whole equation of, of the character and what we're seeing yeah. on the screen. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, 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 uh, oftentimes where, where he sort of goes wrong, it's hard to blame it on, it's hard to blame it on Richard Biggs. Oh, it's He's, definitely more of the scripting or the directing. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, if, if you know that, that the guy you've got as a soap opera actor, you should direct him. So that he's not bringing you more of that soap opera kind of flavor, mm-hmm. but giving kind of a different, you know, a different take. Yeah. Um, oh, I think yeah. you've said the requisite nice things. Yeah, I think about that's a, doctor. Yeah, you know, back, back to your back to your point that you gave ten episodes ago. For someone, he is the favorite character. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that when you, if you were to put together a list of genre characters who are meh, mm-hmm. he's not in the bottom 10. Oh, no, there's definitely plenty more characters. There's way, just, way more. There are probably even more characters on this show 
in seasons to come who are definitely below him. Or worse. Um, who are right. like, oh, I just can't stand any time this person walks on the screen. I just want to turn the show off. And Yeah. yeah we're going to get a couple of them down the road. Sure. Oh, we Marcus. sure are. Whew, man, you are hating fierce I'm, on him. And, and we've got we've got we've got a year and a half of watching to go before we even have to deal with him. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It, it it is good. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't love the show. Right. Yeah. I tell myself that every night as I'm crying myself to sleep. That's right. But that's and you would have done that anyway. So uh, yeah, 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 you would have done that anyway. Let's me focus my, uh, my focus my hate. I think I think it's important to uh, to have something to focus one's attention to. Yeah. And why not Stephen Franklin, it seems to me. Sure. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. So, folks, uh, even though this episode may not merit it, we would certainly appreciate <laughs> any five-star reviews that you might feel so inclined to leave on mm-hmm. iTunes. Yes. And uh, also, right, uh, also uh, come visit us and uh, chat us up on our, our Facebook page. And, uh, and, and if oh. Stephen Franklin is your favorite character in the series, let us know. And, and honestly, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm not being, you know, uh, totally, totally here. Yeah. Let us know why, what, what about him, you know, is, is really compelling. I'd love to know. Yeah. We'd love to know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a, tell us what you love about character X thread yeah. on the Facebook group uh, more generally and see if we can get some of the uh, kind of the wisdom of the room. If we sure. get some, we'll share it back out on the podcast. Sounds great. Friends, thanks and, for listening. Oh, I'm sorry, week, Chris. I'm just going to yes. say, we got to put a teaser. Got to get the people coming back. Right. Always, always have them come back for more. Next yeah, week, right. We've got a two-parter. Indeed, we do. And lesser podcasts would make you wait two weeks to get the second part of that two-parter. We're going to roll Voice in the Wilderness parts one and two into one episode next week. Boom. That's and how much if, we love every one of you. That's correct. Uh, and if memory serves, that's a Cracker Jack episode. The heat is getting turned up again. I think, I think so. I think we've come out of our time in the wilderness. Yeah, we've got a lot of business to do. We're, we're yeah. very near to the end of season one, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, Chris. Okay. And I'm looking okay. forward to talking to you next week about it. Indeed. We'll talk next week. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Sorry, I, I think my I, I derailed for a second. Um, <laughs> you you let it that out. <laughs> I will. <laughs>